0: Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of deals, mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. A special guest for you this week, do you recognize this voice? You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it. That baritone is George Zimmer, the founder and former executive chairman and CEO of Men's Warehouse. He's probably most well-known for that line. You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it. That was my best imitation. Well, George Zimmer left Men's Warehouse back in 2013 after the company's board ousted him in a heated conflict, which we'll get to a little bit later. He then sat on the sidelines and watched Men's Warehouse and Jose Bank go back and forth in a very strange merger situation, where each company kept trying to buy the other, ending in Mer- Men's Warehouse finally buying Josef A. Bank for $1.8 billion. Yes, Jose Bank for $1.8 billion and changing the merged company's name a little bit later to Tailored Brands. It soon became apparent That deal was not a good idea. The stock plummeted in 2015, not all that long after the deal was announced. But George Zimmer landed on his feet and started a new business, Generation Tux, an online suit and tuxedo rental company. And that new business actually announced a small deal today of its own, buying a company called Menguin as it looks to gain scale. And Mr. Zimmer joins us today from our San Francisco Bureau. George, welcome to Deal of the Week.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, let's uh, you know, we we love to explore M&A from all different angles on this show. I believe this is the first time we've interviewed a founder of a company who lost his firm and had to watch while his company went forward with a deal he disagreed with. But before we get into that, uh and and I also want to get into Generation Tux, of course. Let's start from the beginning. How and why did you get into the suit selling business?
1: Well, I I founded Men's Warehouse in 1973. And the real reason I did it was that I couldn't imagine not uh, following my own dreams in business, and I just knew, even as a young 24-year-old, that I I didn't want to work for anybody else. I had to work for myself, and that was the impetus.
0: And and why clothing? What was the draw there? Was it in your family? Was there some sort of reason? Yes.
1: My father had been uh, vice president of Robert Hall Clothes which uh, you may recall had a famous jingle of their own. Uh, Not quite, I guarantee it, but it was uh, almost as good. When the values go uh, up, 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 and the prices go down, 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 Robert Hall this season will show you the reason. Low overhead. So, that was the uh, family connection.
0: And the family connection to a jingle. I guess that was cemented in you early. I mean, is that fair to say, that that sort of the... The, the fame of that jingle led you to realize, I need one of my own?
1: We we sung that every evening before dinner.
0: <laughs> I um, That's great. Uh, I, I noticed you didn't sing it for me exactly, though. I guess you're holding back.
1: I'm holding back. That's right. I don't know you well enough yet.
0: Right. I understand. Right. We'll, we'll get a few drinks in you by the end of the podcast. You'll be singing it. So you decide you want to move forward with Men's Warehouse. From how long... To the point where you start the business, do you sort of realize? In fact, was there even a moment maybe where you realized, you know what, I'm on to something here. Uh, this is going to be successful.
1: Yeah, about uh, I'd say 15 years after the company started, which would be mid to late 80s, I realized that this was uh, very much a cookie cutter format that could be uh, uh, opened any place in the country. And it was just a question of timing and iPO and then beginning a major store rollout, which uh, was completed uh, around ninety nine
0: and how many stores at maximum uh, was was sort of men's warehouse at its peak
1: at its peak we had about twelve hundred and fifty stores
0: twelve hundred and fifty stores uh, and 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 just for maybe people that aren't all that familiar with men's warehouse. What was sort of the value proposition for a customer?
1: We sold brand name clothing at 20% less than department stores. And uh, we did that by marking it up less than department stores uh, because department stores over the years have continued to raise their opening markups from originally what was known as Keystone or 50% to now well over 60%.
0: All right, so I'm going to jump ahead in time here because I'm going to purposefully go back to the Men's Warehouse Jose Bank thing and and also the dispute you had with the board. But I'm going to move ahead in time here to founding Generation Tux. So you found Men's Warehouse. You're with that business for 40 years. You sort of see it to fruition as a flourishing, successful business. What led you to sort of decide, you know what? I want to do this again, because certainly you had enough money at that point. you could have easily retired. Why do this, and what was what is sort of the value proposition behind an online suit and tuxedo rental company?
1: Well, uh, thanks for that question. Uh, you know th- when I was fired, uh, I went home that evening, and I had the opportunity to tell my children that what I consider a very important lesson in life which is that everybody gets knocked down, even your dad gets knocked down. That's not the end of the story if you get back up. And so I, I sort of put myself in the position with my own kids uh, to start Generation Tucks. But the truth is, I was only 64 and could not imagine retiring. So I uh, looked around for an opportunity and I, I found one that is fantastic. I'm now in the renting of tuxedos and suits business without being encumbered by 1,250 bricks-and-mortar stores.
0: In other words, are you saying that, that the, the business was appealing to you because you saw the writing on the wall with how retail in general was moving, and you you decided, look, clearly the old model doesn't work anymore. I, I've, I've got to do something different.
1: Right. But, you know, when the Internet uh, started back in the 90s, it started slowly and and people were not sure exactly how it was going to unfold. But by the time I was let go, it was pretty clear that everything was moving online and it was just a question of uh, how each industry was going to be affected. And I realized that the renting of tuxedos for weddings Uh, was really going to be a perfect complement to the new way of doing business online.
0: So I want to juxtapose today's deal uh, with what happened with Men's Warehouse and Jose Bank. Now, obviously, today's deal, uh, not nearly on the same scale as the other deal. This deal, $25 million, a four-year-old company, uh, Generation Tux buying Menguin. But George, tell us a little bit about this company uh, and why you decided that now was the right time to acquire it.
1: Well, about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, I met Justin Delaney, who's the uh, founder and principal of Menguin, and we started a relationship. And quite frankly, it was very interesting for me to be able to talk to somebody that was doing virtually the same thing I was, renting tuxedos and suits, primarily for weddings. We became friends. And over time, I realized that this was a man I could really trust, and my definition of trust is, you've got to have high character as well as high competence. And Justin had both. And so we began discussing whether or not it would make sense to put the companies together. And in fact, it makes perfect sense, because we are experts in products, and they are experts in digital marketing. So, it was really a a marriage made in heaven.
0: So, I hear you use those adjectives, uh, high character, high competence. Uh, Those were not the same adjectives you were using for the Men's Warehouse Board back in 2013. Juxtapose uh, doing business here with what you went through four years ago.
1: Well, exactly. Uh, I didn't fully appreciate, when I was at Men's Warehouse, the value of a person's character. Of course, I was aware that a uh, good character counts, but I didn't realize how important it was in terms of forming partnerships and uh, developing relationships and business opportunities. With Justin and his partner, Bogdan, uh, I feel I am now working with similar souls and it's really a lot more fun and I'm very excited about this. In fact, we're not targeting men's warehouse, but uh, there's nothing that would please me more than to develop a company that could compete against them.
0: What was sort of the downfall on the character side as you went through that men's warehouse decision? In other words, uh, was it simply that you had ignored character fit with your fellow executives or or you didn't you thought you had a relationship with board members that didn't end up being the case? Or what What was the lesson that you learned there?
1: It was really the latter. Uh, you may recall in Dante's Inferno, the lowest level of hell, the bottom next to Lucifer in the frozen lake, is what's known as the circle of betrayal. And the two people that Dante put in there were Brutus and Cassius from uh, Julius Caesar. So it is when, when people betray their benefactors, that they really go to hell. And that's what I experienced because I had a board of directors that I had hand-recruited, some of whom I had known for 30 or 40 years. And as uh, Machiavelli wrote, it's really your best friends that stab you in the back because they're the ones you allow uh, to be at your back without without the sufficient protection so yes i learned uh betrayal the hard way
0: so in other words the men's warehouse board at the time belonged in dante's last circle of hell
1: you said it not i Alex.
0: <laughs> i think i think you said it um i was just clarifying okay uh, i um but but look i, I want to stay on this a little bit because look this is a deal show this is an m&a podcast uh, so I want to get your perspective on what happened. Okay, so you're you're ousted and, and just again, one more question on that before we get into the the Jose Bank deal. Just for people that maybe don't know the backstory, why exactly was it that that you were fired? In your opinion?
1: Yes, in my opinion, uh, I was fired because I naively thought that I could go to the board of directors and suggest that we interview uh, private equity companies. Because I had been told that our company could go private and the shareholders would still get a 30 to 40 percent premium. Now I say naively because as soon as I said that to the board, uh, they basically turned against me and uh, uh, realized that, that that might mean that some of them would lose their jobs. And so I think it had a lot to do with just old fashioned American greed.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I would imagine this type of story has happened before, but certainly, uh, you know, you're just doing your job as uh, someone who's trying to maximize shareholder value, and theoretically, that is the job of the board as well. Um, and in fact, uh, if you if you turn forward the clock a little bit, we have seen so many. Uh, retailers go that path and sell out to private equity. Uh, many doing uh, exactly the right thing, because over the past 18 to 24 months, we have seen so much trouble in this sort of old-fashioned brick-and-mortar retail uh, space, so that the the companies that did, in fact, sell to private equ- equity were selling at the exact right time. Certainly, it seems like you have been vindicated uh, You know, for, for for wanting to pursue that path. And not only that, but what happened with Jose Bank turned into an immediate disaster of the like that I, I can it's it's hard to remember a deal getting announced and then collapsing so quickly after announcement. I know you were very vocal during the time uh, saying uh, and, and, and 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 right after saying this is not the right path for Men's Warehouse. Uh, was that sort of conveyed to you during the process here while you were being ousted that in fact the board of directors wanted to be the buyer in a deal or did that only sort of come out after the fact.
1: No, that surfaced after I was let go. And uh, uh, yes, I had made uh, uh, a couple of uh, inquiries about Joe Bank uh, over my 40-year tenure, but uh, I had never offered more than $75 million, not $1.8 billion. So, I don't really understand how that deal was put together. But it may have had something to do with my ouster in that uh, they were looking to do something dramatic to uh, prove that they had made the right decision.
0: I just saw an ad yesterday for Men's Warehouse. I noticed they still use the tagline, you're going to like the way you look. They don't say, I guarantee it anymore. When you see those ads, does that irk you at all? Does it irk you that this thing goes on and you're no longer a part of it?
1: No, it actually makes me smile because uh, uh, I I knew from the get-go when they let me go uh, since I was the brand that they wouldn't have an advertising strategy and they've been floundering now for uh, the four and a half years since I left. Uh, I was actually glad to see them bring that slogan back Uh, even without, I guarantee it. I think it's effective Uh, and I think it indicates that the company is is still struggling to find an identity
0: if they asked you to come back would you come back
1: uh... well not the current board they would never ask me to come back um, men are not uh... uh... able to admit mistakes very easily uh... and neither are we able to ask for directions but uh... <laughs> in, i don't think that anybody would ask me back they they see me as as kind of an enemy now An enemy of the people. And uh, it's interesting because most of the people that work in the stores still love me and would love me to come back.
0: Well, not only that, but I mean, and maybe we should get into this now. Why exactly did this Jose Bank deal immediately collapse? So, I mean, I would imagine part of it was that there was not a fit from from a sort of sales branding standpoint, and that Jose, Jose Bank's very famous for, you know, buy one, get six free. Uh, that's not was not really the Men's Warehouse strategy exactly. Uh, I, I'm imagining that was part of the situation where 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 there was there was not a fit. Maybe you know it. Uh, you know, I'm sure you know it much better than I do. Though, can you sort of des- to describe why that deal fell apart so quickly?
1: Well, we had competed against Joe Bank the entire forty years that I was at Men's Warehouse, so this was not a particularly uh, novel or or, or original. Uh, idea. Their, their promotional strategy basically destroyed their brand uh, while generating sufficient revenue to have an IPO and uh, subsequent offerings. But when you offer on television repeatedly, buy one, get three free as Saturday Night Live parodied, it destroys the brand. I, I have no idea why they really made the acquisition other than, as you said it at, at, at the outset, there was a back and forth where one of the companies was going to survive, and the other company and its board of directors was going to have to go home. So it may have had something to do with that
0: so let's let's flash forward to real time again with generation Tux. So you make this deal for for and 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 you're realizing that sort of the character of the people involved. Uh, is very important have you were there any lessons from sort of how you've structured this company or as you move forward with generation talks how you will structure the company just to make sure you don't run into a situation again where you may have a a conflict with either the company's board or other executives you work with
1: uh yes i have and the company is based uh in louisville kentucky so that uh, i'm really sort of an absentee manager and uh, the two fellas that ran Menwin, uh graciously agreed to move to Louisville. One of them got an MBA at Indiana University. So for him, it's, uh, it's really almost like going home. And because they're such quality people, uh, I have great confidence in their ability to not just manage but to lead uh, the organization. We only have about 70 employees today. But we expect to have hundreds as this business grows.
0: last question, George. as you look at Generation Tux now, you know you just did this acquisition, give me the future of this company.
1: Well, I think the future of the company is going to be way beyond just weddings. Uh, we've started with weddings, and weddings are very profitable because it's a uh, a group sale in effect. But I believe the future of this business is going to be to introduce to the American man the concept of renting your everyday tailored clothing uh, instead of purchasing it. If men are wearing clothing infrequently now, why invest thousands of dollars to have stuff hang in your closet when you can rent it for $150 and we're developing something now which is uh, similar to the original Netflix model, where we'd send you a suit, you keep it as long as you want, when you want a new one, you send it back, and we'll send you another one.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great thing. I certainly would use that personally. I mean, I have to wear a suit every day to work, and often I'm in a situation where I realize, okay, I've sort of outworn these things, because you do outwear suits fairly quickly if you're wearing them every day. Uh, And then you're like, well, I guess I'm going to throw another $3,000 at clothing here I would, I would absolutely go for that. Um, actually, one more question for you, George. Since you're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it is so famous. Do you have a new slogan for Generation Tux?
1: Well, because online business is just beginning and is really about the future, my new slogan is, hi, I'm George Zimmer, a voice from the past speaking to you from the future.
0: <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. Now you just need to put music to that so you can sing it around the dinner table. That's right. <laughs> uh, Generation Talk is the name of George Zimmer's new company. George Zimmer, uh, famous, most famous for Men's Warehouse and being the voice of Men's Warehouse. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Alex.
0: So that'll do it for this week's Deal of the Week. Hope you enjoyed that. You can catch more uh, professionals doing deals real-time and executives who have been a part of them. And also, of course, other Bloomberg reporters reporting on stories real-time every week on the show on Apple Podcasts or Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. Plus, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show there. It helps more listeners find us. You can follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. George, are you on Twitter?
1: Uh, yes, I am.
0: What's your Twitter handle?
1: Well, I guess when I say yes, I am, I, don't, I think it's just my name.
0: There you go. He thinks it's just his name. That would probably be at george zimmer right and if, for, and if for some reason he's wrong then the other george zimmer will receive a lot of uh tweets about men's warehouse which has probably already been happening for many years yes no at george zimmer at twitter uh and remember if you have any ideas future ideas for a show please feel free to email me Sherman 6 at bloomberg.net sarah patterson is our producer see you next week